What's up, everybody? Warsha. Little nod to uh, Nick Swerkson right there. How you doing, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. Mike Bauman with you here as always, alive and in the flesh. Thanks for tuning into the show. Really appreciate you guys checking it out. If you check it out each and every week, if this is the first time you've listened, second, third time, I don't care. I just want to thank you guys for coming on board the crazy train here. Bauman'sBreakdown.podbean.com. Remember, you can download the Podbean app either via your iPhone or if you have a Droid phone, if you have a Galaxy, a Samsung Galaxy, or if you have a Droid or an HTC, whatever. The Podbean app is available on both the Google Play Store and if you have an iPhone. I believe it's just the Apple Store, the App Store. I'm not sure exactly what it is with the iPhones because I don't have one. I don't have one. But anyway, that's where you can check out my show each and every week. I try to provide you guys a new episode every single week unless my life just gets a little too crazy and then uh, then you won't hear from me. But for the most part, you'll hear from me each and every week. And uh, yeah, at Mike V. Bauman on Twitter is where you can find me there too if you would like to tweet to me. There's a document that is printing right now that would be the uh, the home printer that you just heard printing out documents. So anyway, this week's show is actually going to feature uh, a co-worker, I guess you could say. So about a year ago, I've, I've kind of detailed everything that's kind of gone on in my life for the most part, you guys. we got to keep some stuff private now, don't we? But uh, this this last little over a year has been, been a little crazy, uh, depending on how you look at it, though. I mean, life, life will throw you curveballs, and what I'm finding is just trying to maintain a... Uh, a positive attitude through as much of it as I can because you can't really change what happens to you a lot of the time but you can definitely change how you react to things and you can change how you think about things and when something that appears negative that is happening to you can actually turn out to be a positive thing and on top of that there is always a learning experience to be gained from whatever situation that you're in so even if it is negative if you can extract the meaning from it and digest it and really process it and try to learn why you're going through it or if you if you don't know the why just 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 try to learn from it there there really needs to be no negativity involved so so much of this past year you know there there's been some some things that have happened to me that have been really challenging it's it's kind of like getting hit by a wave and then coming up for air and then getting hit by another wave they just keep coming you know and 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 a lot of that is just learning how to uh learning how to swim, learning how to tread water and uh, not lose your footing. You know what I mean? So so just stay positive. But anyway, one of the things that has happened because of all the changes in my life is that I've met a whole new group of people that I would have never met through my current employer, obviously, had I not worked there. And the guy that you're going to hear on the show this week is one Chris Joseph, Really nice guy, and it's funny because, you know, I'd see him in the break room every now and again at work, and we would just get to talking, and I love music, obviously, and uh, we started talking about stuff, and he was telling me about the church band he was in called the New Love Express, which you guys are going to hear about. He was also talking to me about his own solo stuff back in the day and about his mom, who was a very experienced voice coach and, and teacher. Um, and, and just, just a really sounds like a really cool lady who had a lot of really awesome experiences herself in in the music industry. And Chris got to grow up with both of his parents kind of around the arts and, and being around that. Um, and, and so for him, it was, it was just interesting to, to kind of hear these stories that he would talk about, uh, related to his own stuff and, and his mom, you know, um, who was with the Toledo opera and the Toledo symphony band, for music under the stars and she taught voice lessons for like 25 years and was a really good singer and he became a really good singer in his own right and in fact there's stories that that we talk about in this podcast that I never even knew he he went through and never even knew that he experienced and it was and it was really cool so make a long story short uh we we talked several times up in the break room last winter I actually did a story on the new love express when their Christmas EP came out, and uh, their second Christmas EP that they've done came out. So I did a story and talked to Chris, as well as Mark Michael, who I am going to get on this podcast, hopefully soon. He's a really, really interesting guy, 
has been recording music pretty much since he was a teenager and has actually done stuff with like Rush. I think Alex Lifeson uh, flew into Toledo to record with him. And also Mike Portnoy has become a huge fan of his over the years because of the music that he did with the Pillbugs. So Mark Michael is a very decorated guy who is also from my hometown where where I grew up in Toledo and so it's it's just cool to to kind of showcase these people and and really just just get to know them as people but also just you know it when you really when you really look at it you know and you and you really take the time to get to know other people you find that that everybody really does have a story you know what i mean whether you've been on this life for 27 years or 57 years i mean 57 obviously there's a lot more life experiences in there but um there's a lot of really cool people that I've gotten a chance to meet over the years in my hometown, and I'm really grateful for that just by covering the the arts and music scene here and and even just you know talking about your interests with people like I did with Chris. I mean, he works in a different department than I do and at the part-time job that I have and you know, so I, I seldom see him, you know, on the floor, but I, I, you know, when I do catch him, it's almost always in the break room. So it was cool to do the story last winter and talk about their Christmas album. And now to finally be able to catch up with Chris and talk about his music history, which is really interesting. And, that, and that's why I really think you guys are going to dig this because uh, there's a lot of really cool stories in here, both about Mark and the New Love Express stuff, but also about Chris's own upbringing with his mom and you know some cool shows that he got to do one in particular that i'm going to save because i don't want to spoil it i want you guys to hear about it and hear chris tell the story but um the dude's done some cool stuff you know related to music and really what he loves to do which is sing so without further ado i'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with chris joseph of the new love express here it is First, I just want to say thanks for taking the time, man. I know we, I know we've talked about this for uh, for a little bit now, but it's it's cool to finally actually actually do this. Yes, this is very exciting. Well, you're a guy that's been around music pretty much your whole life um, yep. with your mom and everything, and that's kind of where I, I really wanted to start with you. Like, like at what age? What's like your earliest memory of of actually starting to really take a, a pretty keen interest in music? Uh, actually, um, uh, you know, when I was probably uh, my mom went back to singing. Uh, and probably uh, when I was four or five years old. So I, re- I remember her going around the house singing, and I was kind of like her shadow. I would follow her around the house, and I, uh, she'd be singing, I'd be singing, and that really got me off to um, uh, taking definitely an interest uh, you know, with, with singing. And she had a terrific coloratura soprano voice, and uh, at the time was, you know, working with this incredible teacher from New York City, being not only trained uh, uh, in, uh, you know, as, as a singer, uh, opera singer slash Broadway and uh, other uh, genres of music, but she was also trained to be a voice teacher, so I had uh, several things. Uh, I was very fortunate that I had, um, uh, she was a great musician and, and loved uh, good music and so I had some classical uh, background which I think um, makes me you know well-rounded even though I, I have gone toward uh, more of the popular aspect of music more more pop music than classical I know that that's that was a good foundation having that um, influence you know so young in my life having her around yeah, because she she worked with um, she worked with uh, the Toledo Opera and the Toledo Symphony Band. She sang in both of those, right? Yes, she sang in the um, Toledo Opera chorus. She also formed uh, the Toledo Symphony Chorale, which which is no longer. And. Uh, she was featured in 1971. She did the Carol Orth, I believe, uh, Carmina and that was uh, a wonderful piece. She worked a whole year on it with this teacher that would fly once a month from 
New York, and uh, we had the French conductor Serge Fournier, but you also had Sam Zor, the legendary Toledo conductor. So she got to do it with two conductors. She did it up at the University of Toledo for Mayfest. She did it at the Stranahan, and she also did it at Music Under the Stars. And uh, again, you know, um, she was involved with, um, you know, she had taught uh, up at Lord College, uh, you know, in the 80s and in the, in the 60s when she started to teach, she, she taught at St. Mary's Academy up in Monroe, but also out of the home. And uh, she sang uh, with the Michigan Opera. She was featured several seasons and also uh, sang at Hoover Auditorium was one of the featured soloists that, that seats about 10,000. And uh, she performed for a con at a convention, people that came in from out of town, and uh, that was exciting. For, she sang on the Met stage once, they liked her. So she um, was very influential and, and worked with a lot of um, singers uh, locally and, and that have gone on also to, um, to do some professional things also. I mean, for you to be around that, that had to be that had to be pretty cool. Just to see all the people that that she was working with. I mean, were were, were there anybody? Was there anybody that you, like you got to meet growing up that that was like for you at the time? You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm talking to this person right now. Yes, the, absolutely. There was um, Johnny Paris from Johnny and the Hurricanes, and I remember him coming to the house and he played saxophone. And you know, when he first came to the house, he picked a bit of an attitude. Now, Johnny is no longer with us. I really liked him. He, um, he said, you know, he was, he told my mom, he, he said, you know, I, we opened for the Beatles. And and my mother said, that that's great, son. And she said, I sang opera, and I've sung on the radio, and I've done all kinds of things. And he didn't realize how good she was. So he went off and did a European tour and started getting compliments from people as to how good his voice was. Then he came back in town and saw her whenever he could. That was exciting. There was a, um, a lady that, um, uh, she was a Miss Monroe and Miss Michigan, and uh, she went out to, um, uh, she was on, I saw her on TV when I was a kid. She was went out to the Miss America pageant. She won the talent end of it, but she was told that because uh, one of the other girls' uh, parents were friends with the judges, she would not get Miss America. However, she did win the talent end of it, which my mother, her talent was singing, and that was Terry Ann Cusno. So that was exciting. So she's had um, some terrific students. She had a, a, even people that have, uh, there was one kid that came here one time, uh, I believe his name was Dietrich Stelges, and he was in Secret Garden. He played the Cripple Boy on Broadway. And he auditioned over the phone after working with my mom. And over the phone, they said, we want you. They got in the car, and they drove from our house to New York City. And he was on Broadway for six months, and then he started to grow, and he was a little bit too tall for the part, and then he, I think he was replaced. But he got to meet Kevin Costner, and I think Liza Minnelli, and it was you know, very, very exciting seeing her work with people and watching them develop. And what was exciting about my mom is she was the real deal. She had trained three and a half years to become the finest voice teacher in the country. Um, and she didn't just take lessons, but she was trained to be a voice teacher. And I saw and heard the results. And um, just, just astounding, not only with her voice, but with the people that would come, that would practice and, and work at their craft, how they would grow and develop. It was very, really exciting. So for you, I, I know um, you, you started to sing at church and stuff like back in the 70s, but what, what was like your first performance? Do you, do you remember like the first time you sang for, for people? Well, um, that, uh, I think one of the first things I did was I sang... I think in a rest home with a, with a group of, of, of other singers and I was excited and, and of course, you know, uh, when you're in a rest home, uh, uh, people act um, uh, in a certain way and there was one older woman that stood up and, and she uh, 
told me that she, she was a little bit hard of hearing and I was able to keep my composure, but she had me start over because she couldn't hear me. Then I, I sang a little bit louder and she seemed to be happy with that, but that was, that was a bit of a challenge, you know, the first time that I sang in a rest home. The first show I ever did, and I was just looking at pictures on my, on my Facebook page, was I did a production of Peter Pan with uh, Excalibur Productions in, in Oregon, Ohio, and uh, we, they brought Peter Foyan from New York, who had flown Mary Martin on Broadway. They brought her harness, and I played the part of John. And again, it was it was a um, professional uh, production where thousands and thousands of dollars were spent on sets and costumes. And, and to me, that, that was terribly exciting to do that. So some of my first few experiences, and I, I got to sing. I would go to, down to the um, TV station. Uh, I got fortunate. Uh, I, I got to sing uh, sign ons and sign offs on, on TV. And in the, in the uh, early '70s, when I was quite young, and that was you know that was great exposure to go in and film and sing a song that you like, and they they, they use it as a, as a, a something that to start up you know when the TV started in the morning or when the, or when they ended TV at night. My friends would see it. I'd hear about it. That was uh, encouraging uh, to get that kind of exposure and then hear about it. And then, so that maybe I should continue with this. When yeah. when did you know that that you had like a a good singing voice? I mean, I got to imagine with with a mom who's who's a voice coach and and a, and a teacher that I'm I'm sure she kind of helped you develop technique and stuff. But I mean, Absolutely. was it was it was well, it um, I, again? You know, having having parents. That, that really appreciated the arts. Uh, you know, I got to sing, I think one of my first experiences was I think Trinity Church downtown where they have um, just, there were many, many fine singers that, that came out of that church. And as a young, even before preteen, teenage, I was singing uh, at that church in the choir with the choir master that worked with us on diction. And we worked on some wonderful music and we would have a rehearsal and there were, there was a, I remember there were people at the time, there, was, there were young men, uh, there was a young man, I, I can't think of his name, but he was, he was touring the country and he had started out singing with the choir at Trinity Church, you know, downtown. So I think um, it, it's great if you have um, a family uh, that can, can be, in, that will encourage you in those areas, especially uh, the arts, to excel and to explore. And that was that was a, a really uh, neat experience, also. As the and that kind of uh, kind of laid, I think, the foundation. I've, I've sung in choirs uh, most of my life, which I've also done solo work with choirs. But um, I, I've learned, um, you know, you know, singing with other voices, and uh, it can, can be terribly exciting. It also helps your your sight reading. Uh, you know, so that you're able to read music a little bit better when, because you're always working on, on music and, and uh, different parts and things. So that also helps with sight reading. So, so when you got to high school, were you you were singing in choir and stuff? Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I sang the, the Savinia Northview Choir, and they uh, again when my mom did the Camino Burana, they had a very well known um, choral director at the time. Uh, this was way before I was up there, but they, uh, the Northview Choir, or the Savannah Choir, sang, you know, in the, in the, uh, uh, the coming out with my mom, uh, and uh, so they had a, this wonderful, this really good reputation as being a good choir, and so I sang in the Northview Choir, and one of the shows that uh, the choir ended up doing uh, more more liturgical and traditional is we did Joseph and his amazing technical dream code and I was Joseph and we did we filmed that down at Channel 11 that was shown before all the family um, and it was in color and stereo and uh, that was that was quite exciting to, to have the choir be a part of that and I did the part of Joseph and we had Pharaoh and Potiphar's wife and the other lead characters so there were some really neat things that, that came out of doing choir, you know, several times. You know, every other year we got, uh, it was Spanning Northview's uh, turn to get on TV, and so I always got um, a solo or a feature spot, and, and that, that was great. That was really exciting. So what about what about like after college? I mean, because I I know in um, 
91, that's when you had My Love Is Real. So what, what was the timeline like kind of kind of leading up to actually doing that record? Well, at the time that I was doing that, I had opened, uh, I was the opening act for The Temptations and the Four Tops out of Stranahan to a full house. There was, it was a wonderful audience, and I sang My Love Is Real. I played that on the piano. I, I played, I, uh, you know, many different things on the piano, and that was exciting. I did, uh, I was Nick Arnstein in Funny Girl, done at the Pseudo Repertoire Theater. Uh, I was, you know, writing music. Um, what I had written, My Love Is Real, I kind of had, you know, Richard Marks was, was, was big at the time, and I, I, I kind of visualized Richard singing the song, and so I kind of um, had that type of uh, sound uh, in mind when I recorded that song. So there were some very neat things that were happening, you know, you know, at that time. But that was that was really a, a neat year for me. Really exciting musically to uh, to go into a studio and, and to write and, and to uh, record at um, uh, the studio. So what what led to that album? I mean, was it just you? Were you like writing songs in your own? I mean, what what actually led to well, that happening? There were other people around me that, that were uh, you know other other artists in the area that were that were uh, kind of in, inspiring to me, and I see that they were that they were um, uh, doing um, you know tapes and, and that sort of thing, and I thought, darn it, I would like to do this too. I and so I just I just made up my mind that I wanted to. Uh, to do this, and I started getting ideas for songs. I think I had a chance to, um, I was in a band for a very short time, and, and I remember when I went in, they wanted to do all original music, so the guy would play this chord progression, and he'd say, come on, uh, sing these lyrics. And so I'd, I'd, I'd sing it and try to have, uh, it, try to have the melody match the different chord progressions, and that really did kind of get me a start or an idea as to how I could uh, write songs uh, and uh, get me kind of persuaded. And it is. There were things that were happening that kind of moved me in that direction, most definitely. So where did you record My Love Is Real at? That was at Lorenz Studios. And I, I believe um, that studio moved up to Adrian College. That gentleman might have, I think he might have retired um, Mike Lorenz was his name. I think he retired from Adrian College. He was teaching up there, and he might have a studio back in town. But uh, I, I went there, and he had worked with uh, various people, and it was it was pretty exciting. So yeah, so who who was producing when you were up there? I mean, what what was that experience like? It was. Um, I remember the first time I went to the studio. Uh, I showed up, and um, Mike didn't show up. And I was, I was kind of frustrating, and, and I, I went home, and then I got a phone call that he was he was out trying to pick up a, 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 a you know, a, a tape uh, that would be like a reel-to-reel uh, that he could use for me. And so then I thought, okay, so, I gave, so then I went back in a few days, and he was there. And, uh, you know, there was somebody that showed up, and they wanted to know if I partied, and I said... I'm really serious about this. I don't want to goof off, and, and that's great that you showed up for my support. And I, I said, I'll be okay. I, I just, you know, um, we started working on uh, putting the chords together, and once we figured out the chord structure of, of the piece, then I went into the studio, and I would sing, and, and, and he would start uh, taping. It was really terribly exciting. Then I'd bring, I'd bring the, uh, the, they were on cassette, you know, cassette tape at the time. I'd bring the tapes home. I'd, I'd have mom and other people that knew my voice listened to it and critique it and then we'd go back and I would try again until we thought we had um, you know the uh, LP so that was that was terribly exciting how old were you at the time oh my gosh um, I probably think um, around oh, just uh, not quite 30 okay that had to be that had to be pretty cool, man. I mean, was what was the difference from like, I mean, obviously to that point you had a lot of live experience, but what was it like going into the studio like that? I mean, was it was it more nerve wracking just because you hadn't done it before, or did it did it feel natural? I mean, because those are two really different scenarios from performing from an audience to then, you know, trying to go in and, and lay something down on tape. It was. Um it was pretty. It was pretty darn exciting. I I would 
there were times that, that we would work, spend hours uh, figuring out, you know, uh, what instrument sounds. Um, and I remember one night that uh, I was tired, we went in, and we, we, we were there for hours and hours just talking about what we were going to do then. Then I got went in the studio and I recorded. And I, uh, I was tired and my voice sounded tired and I brought the tape home and, and people listened to it. They said, oh, I know you can sound better than that. So I was frustrated, uh, but then I went back in and I recorded it and then I got excited when I heard a better recording, which we all agreed was a better recording of, of the voice. And um, so it was something that I had never, uh, well, it, it, was, it was unusual and, and uh, it, it was exciting uh, because I would play I'd play the tape for everybody, and they'd think, wow, wow, that's your song, and, and you're, you did that in the studio, and it, it was exciting. But I think my most exciting uh, time came is, is when you know that um, you've gotten radio play, and people have heard it, and you know that there's a listening audience, and, and, and maybe they can't see you, but they'll mention your name, they'll play the song. And to me, that was just a huge thrill when I get a phone call that that song was being played um, on a station, uh, 92.1 FM, WNNR, in um, right near, in Bellevue, Cedar Point area. And they played it for, you know, forever on that station. And I still meet people from Sandusky or that area, and I'll say to them, do you remember? Did you ever listen to the station? Oh, yes. Do you remember the song? My Love is Real. Oh, yes. That's me. That's you. You know, and so they may not know me by face, but they will know the song. And to me, that's a thrill because they played me forever. They had me on rotation, and that just gave me incentive that you know, hey, I, you know, uh, there there might be something to this. And uh, many many years later, you know, when um, when I've done other recordings, I look back, and this is kind of my eight track flashback, looking back at this LP. And it, I'm so glad that, um, that it's on iTunes and, and CD Baby and the other uh, digital downloads where people can go and sample, listen, use it as a ringtone on their phone. Um, if they just want one or two songs, they, they can download those or, or download the whole album. It's pretty exciting. So what's it, what's it like at that time? I mean, because nowadays it's like, you know, if you're a band or you're an artist... If it, the benefit is, I feel like it's it's easier to record now than it was back then because now the the access with technology and and stuff like you know GarageBand and, and Reaper those types of software. I mean, you you can really make something professional sounding if you, if you know how to use the stuff. Obviously, if you know how to use the recording stuff on right, your computer. But well, I find terribly exciting again, and I, I can't say enough about Mark Michael and also the band that I work with now. Mark is. Um, a music guru. He's a perfectionist. He just, uh, what he does in the studio is magic. He is, um, there's nothing phony about what he does. It, it, it's, it's, it's music. It, it's not, um, there's nothing fake or phony about it. And it, it's terribly exciting working with somebody that just um, is a perfectionist and a taskmaster, but at the same time just has such a deep love for what he does and this, this again this great passion for and for what he does in the studio and and again um, this is what has just kind of breathed uh, new life in me and and in the music is, is to go go back years later and to um, to do albums and, and they have several albums that we're working on that will we'll be coming out soon where the stuff just keeps getting better because we're we're um, growing uh, as a band and, and as writers and, and working together on a, on a uh, upward progression. Yeah, and that's that's the new Love Express, right? Right, the new Love Express. Absolutely. Well, what when I what I was um, what I was going to ask you about, like when when your album came out back then. Nowadays, like with, with music, you can you can record stuff. Like I said, if you know how to use the software, or you, or you know somebody knows how to use the software, there I feel like there's more access for for bands and young bands and artists, um, and even older bands and artists to to find a good place to go record 
and, and back then I know it was a little bit harder, but, but also the benefit to nowadays too, you have YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and all these social media sites, SoundCloud, um, to get your music out there in MySpace. But, but back then when, when your stuff's getting on the radio, like, I guess I'm wondering like, how, how does that happen as an independent artist? Like, do you, did you have to independently shop your stuff to the radio stations? I mean, or, or, or did you have people that, you know, kind of ran in those circles that were like, hey, yeah, get me. People, I would network, and then friends in that area would, would, would take the tapes to the stations and um, talk with them if they knew somebody, and then uh, if it was on the radio or they had a chance, they would call me, and then we would do a follow-up call, and... Um, it was just, you know, very, you know, very exciting when, uh, also, you know, uh, working at, you know, working also at the uh, Anderson's Corporation, uh, they've been very good as far as playing the New Love Express. I'll hear several songs that they'll play, but also they'll play like my, my first CD, but they'll also play the New Love Express things. And when those songs are played on the uh, on Anderson's Radio Network, wherever any Anderson's affiliate. Whatever they're connected with, those the music will play through the store at all those stores. You know, at the same time. Yeah, and and I think that's I think that's what's so cool, and that's and that's why I'm I'm you know I mean growing up in the age that I've grown up in, I I was. I was only a kid when you when you were doing all that stuff, and when when uh, you know my love is uh, real came out, um, and and that's what's what's kind of so cool about it is i feel like back then there was almost um not that people today aren't hustling because i i think now there there's so much out there that you really kind of have to search and find the music that you're into um because there's so many artists but but i do think that there was a certain level of hustle back then not only to get something recorded professionally but then also to try to shop it around as an independent artist and try to get it on the radio today it's you have I mean, the power of the internet, um, you know, knowing, you know, artists like Justin Bieber that uh, had, you know, you know, he had a, what, he did a video and it just took off and everyone took a look at it or how you can just get online and send, um, you know, within minutes or, or seconds, get your music to the Ellen DeGeneres show or the Wendy show or the Today show get, you know, send a video quickly and uh, people anywhere can can see your video or listen to your, to your music. That, that's terribly exciting and I think it's um, giving probably the record companies a, a run for the money if, if somebody um, has something that takes off and they don't have the middleman. And, and they are, they have, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've got their songs registered with, um, with ASCAP or BMI, and, and there's somebody there that, that's uh, there to help them collect collect the funds and, and help them um, protect them if their stuff is copyright and to, um, to check when their stuff is being played on the air and, and to make sure that they're getting their royalties. It's exciting what, what, what you can do if you're persistent and careful, how, uh, how you can make it happen. It may take you longer. Um, that's somebody that has a signed contract, you know, uh, when you're trying to do it on your own, trying to find ways of, of getting exposure and getting people to to um, to notice your music. And you you mentioned Mark Michael when we were, we were kind of talking about recording in the uh, the New Love Express. For for you, what what's that been like? You know, and what was that transition like in that period, like in between My Love Is Real and then eventually you know, getting into the stuff with, with Mark. Cause I, I know you had been at the church for a while and then right. Mark, Mark got hired there and you guys started collaborating. But, um, right. you talk I, about I, getting like, breath, like breathing new life. in. I mean, what, what was that like to, to finally well, meet was, up with him? It was a little rocky. It was, um, he was, uh, you know, definitely, uh, set, uh, musically on what he wanted. And, and he's a very, very good musical director. But I, again, had classical training and there were a few train wrecks from time to time, but then we started, um, I'd never really been, I'd sung with bands, uh, but um, I was never really uh, ever uh, in a band, so it was really my first band, ex- band experiences when Mark formed uh, all the people in our group as a band, and we started playing as a band, that was something very new for me because I would just, 
Um, you know, usually have an accompanist, so on occasion I'd play something on the piano or the guitar. So this is something that was new. And Mark wanted us all to be together and have it be tight and not, um, you know, uh, he had, he was a stickler with timing and, and rhythm and that sort of thing. So there were, there were some bumpy spots that, that we had, but then it was very exciting when, when things came together. And then when he said to us, you know, hey, I would like it if we get together and start recording and do a CD. And oh my gosh, I just was excited because that's exactly what I wanted to do. And I, I just had no idea about his history and, 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 and much about Mark till we started working together and finding out the history behind Mark. And, uh, but again, terribly exciting forming this band and then, um, you know, uh, working as a group, writing, writing music together and, and working um, for at least six months on, on every aspect of the writing and, and recording and, and uh, background things and harmonies and all the things that you do, retakes, all the things that, that, that happened in the studio. It was, it was a lot of work and, and sometimes exhausting. I remember one time when I was working on a song, I worked, went to the studio and Mark wanted me to play it on the piano and I worked seven hours on playing um, this piece and then the next day he called me in and he had me come in and record it and then I think that the next day then he had me come in and do, and do the, the vocals on it. So it, it, it's a lot of work, it's, it's hard work, but uh, the, the result can be very rewarding when you get a good cut. Because yeah, you guys have, you guys have what, a full length album and two, two Christmas EPs, right? Right. And we've got uh, another uh, album that will be coming out soon, Mark, when Mark you know, finishes up the artwork and we get everything taken care of. Unlimited Soul will be coming out with a really, uh, uh, where we've really progressed and uh, some definite uh, uh, new uh, flavors and styles, some blues and uh, uh, just, you know, really, really neat uh, songs. And I think this, is, this, this next album is going to be terribly exciting. Yeah, because you, you gave out. me your first album from, from the New Love Express and then also uh, Room at the Inn, the uh, Christmas EP from, from a couple of years ago. And just the production is, is really good. I mean, it's, it's obvious that Mark really knows what he's doing, but all you guys have really good voices too. I mean, I, how, how's that been for you as a guy, uh, as, a, as a guy that performed beforehand to, to now be singing with like basically – four other people who all can sing too I mean because you guys can really harmonize man I mean just listen to this CD you right. guys all have really good voices I mean what was it like kind of meshing with everybody well you know again there were, there were some bumpy spots and we had to we had to um, I had to shift gears a little bit and go from uh, color the voice and, and go from a, 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 a classical sound and free up the sound and had it be a sound that, that's maybe a little more commercial something and Mark knew exactly the kind of sound that he wanted us to have so he would uh, uh, you know uh, guide us you know in, in that direction and uh, check check the harmonies and things and, and just a really really good again music director but when you know like when a group like Rush comes in to town to record at Mark's studio people that were in that band Rush go to his studio you know or, or Mike, Mike Portnoy, the, the, the drummer, the, the legendary drummer, when he is a fan of Mark Michaels' recordings, you know that he is doing something very right in the studio. Yeah, and that's and I think that's what's what's so crazy to me too, and what's what's cool about all this, and, and and even talking to you is just you know growing up here my whole life, like I, I it's only been the last few years, you know, writing and broadcasting and stuff, and getting to know more more of the the entertainment people in this area just just how much talent there is in northwest ohio and southeast michigan and how, how what what a a mark people in this area young and old are making and have made in the, in the music industry it's pretty cool it's awesome it really is and you really want to at some point in your career record and it, it's it's validation it, it's it's something so that if it's something were to happen later on and uh, you're not able to either sing or, or to do certain things, you have the recordings. Now, for, uh, for, for you now, are, I mean, you in addition to singing, like you still play piano and guitar, right? I play piano and guitar. 
also teach singing. And um, on occasion, you know, I'll do private parties. I did a wedding recently. And um, I will, you know, different organizations will call me up and I'll sing it. I have the nightclub work. But, but lately, with, with the chance to go in the studio and record, I want to save, uh, save my talents for the studio. But if I get a call to do something exciting and that the pay, and, and I can also get paid, then I, will, I can choose to do that. Absolutely. So, so take me back now again, um, and I know I'm jumping all over the place, but that's kind of how, how, I, how I do it, man. Um, you, you were playing, so you were opening at the Stranahan, and, and it, was, it was like sold out? You were playing sold out shows? Sold out crowd. And I was interviewed the day before that on WERE, a Cleveland radio station, the Marty Con Show. And uh, that was national syndicated radio. And they talked about me on the radio, and it was uh, there was a little blurb in the in the paper. And uh, I also uh, well, they had a restaurant in town here, Fifi's Restaurant. I played uh, for people that had VIP tickets. I played um, at Fifi's, uh, maybe the cocktail hour, and then from from there I went right down the street to uh, the Stranahan where I opened uh, for the Temptations. So I had several gigs that, that evening in two terrific places. So you you were the opening guy for the Temptations. Yep. Yep. Went out and I had a, there was a grand piano. I went out there. I did uh, you know Broadway show tunes. Uh, I, I think I did. I write the songs. Uh, Memory from Cats, which they loved, and I, I had somebody hackling me, and they kept playing. Sang play yesterday, so I grabbed my guitar and I, I did yesterday by the Beatles. Uh, Mark Standruff, um uh, talked about the concert the next day on uh, um, on his on either I think he at that, that time was on the river and they, they talked about the performance and that was kind of cool to be talked about on the radio and you know when I wrote the first oh yeah I heard Mark Sanders talking about it when he was in town here and he was you know big into radio he talked about the concert and that was exciting. So did you did you get to meet the Temptations at that show? I before I went out on stage, I kind of looked and smiled. They, they were going to let me use their, uh, their their keyboard, and I said, "Nope, I'm going to play the, the the grand piano." I I pushed it out there a little bit on stage and kind of centered it a little bit, and I did I did some songs from memory, but there was a big fan above me, and and a couple times I had to knock the music back down the page because the fans above me were pretty strong to keep me cool. So they were both, they're, they're blowing the pages a little bit, but it was a very, very nice audience. And again, the, it was sold out. And what was kind of cool is when my family went, you know, my mom was, was there, and when you walked in, there were flashing pictures. I had opened at one point for, uh, at, um, uh, I did a, uh, before I opened for, uh, you know, the Temptations and Four Tops, uh, I, I opened for Blood, Sweat, and Blood, Sweat, and Tears at the convention center. So there were flashing pictures from the time that I opened uh, it for them up up on the screen as people were walking in the door. And, and if there were a few tickets left and they were able to buy the tickets, as they were walking and they were showing me and showing that it was going to be the opening act, it was very exciting seeing, hearing about those pictures that were being flashed on the screen as you walked in. There was a lot of things that were going on at that time that were just really exciting. So yeah, what what was the um, what ultimately led to, to getting that that opening gig with the Temptations? Oh, I mean, how did that come to be? Yeah, yeah. I had a friend that knew um, uh, the gentleman that um, was bringing them um, to town, and he put in a word for me, and uh, the guy called me. And he said, um, you know, I, I had you open for the for um, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and, and you did a great job. Would you be interested in opening for um, the Temptations of the Four Tops? I said, yeah. And and uh, I, I was the pay wasn't too bad, and it was just again I had a few months to prepare for it. So that uh, you know, kind of you know, um, meeting somebody that knew that knows somebody that can mention your name and then. The contact, 
thank you. That, that's another plus. Absolutely. And the show, the show went well. I mean, is that was it? Was it? I mean, it was a sold out crowd. I mean, were you able were you able to win them over? I know sometimes it's tough when you're when you're opening to to really grab everybody. But how did it go? It did. Um, they described me. I mean, Mark Sanders. When he talked on the radio, he described me as uh, being um, the closest thing to uh, to, uh, to like Barry Manilow. Toledo's Barry Manilow, and uh, so they talked very nice about me on the radio. And uh, uh, the crowd was was very gracious, very nice. Uh, and again, they they clapped and they engaged, and, and uh, it was it was a very pleasant experience. I was very very excited. You know, I had a I had a tux on and tux and tails and and bow tie and cummerbund and all warmed up and, and went out there and, and just you know just gave it my all on the stage. And they were very receptive and. And I got good response. That's that's crazy, man. All the all the music we've talked about in the year that I've known you, I, I never knew that. I never knew that you opened for the Temptations. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that was that was uh, that was very exciting. But I, again, you know, uh, to um, what, what's exciting now for for us and for my old recording, and also the Old Express, is the UT station on Sundays. 88.3, you know, a DJ Blue Eyed Ziggy that plays sometimes four and five cuts if people call the station. On WXUT? WXUT on Sundays between two and four. And I even have a friend at work that will call in the morning and, and they'll play some things off of my, you know, they'll play My Love is Real or Winter, which is a blues song off that, um, uh, you know, my, my first album. So to be played each week on, on that station is pretty exciting for the band and also, you know, reminiscent of my first album. That's terribly exciting. Each week to be played. Not just a few cuts, sometimes four and five. So now with the the new Love Express, you mentioned um, Unlimited Soul. Mark is trying to put the finishing touches on that right now. He's, he's finalizing the artwork and we probably will have to send it off and have packaging and, and, and that sort of thing done and have it digitally remastered and when, when Mark said it's time when, you know when he feels that it's ready then um, you know then it'll, it'll be ready for um, to be released and I'm sure at some point it'll, it'll be on CD Baby and on, the, on iTunes and the digital downloads you know that sort of thing and then and then when we have our gigs we'll be at um, we're going to be at uh, CCL uh, the, on, uh, the band will be out there on September 13th which is Sunday so the band will be playing. Um, we'll be playing a gig there, and uh, that'll be exciting to, to be out, you know, as a group playing again. Where 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 is CCL at? So so people can come check it out. They are. I think it's it's actually um, it, it's I think near White House in in, in that in that area. Um, Waterville White House area. Okay. Kind of in that area. The, the, um, but it's, uh, uh, it, it's a gig that was um, recently, I think yesterday, they, they, we confirmed that we're going to be there, you know, um, in September. And so it, that was, that's, that's out on Facebook. That was um, on the Facebook page. I'm, I'm sure on Facebook, um, they'll have, uh, and our uh, people that click the New Love Express in on Facebook, our fan page will come up and it'll tell you, show you on that page where it's at. Okay. And, and when it's going to be. Okay. So, so yeah, so... The thing is, if people would just type in the New Love Express on Facebook, boom, they can, they can find out where, where, we're, where we're next. So what, what's what's next yeah, for you guys, Chris? I mean, are you guys um, are you guys going to try to play more shows locally with the New Love Express, or are you guys going to keep it like as primarily a studio project going forward? Well, we've got the studio project, and I think again we 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 discuss this, and we'll see uh, how everyone feels. And of course, we'd love it to have all of us together because then it is the New Love Express, and not just um, you know everybody minus somebody so it, it's, it is a new love express when we play together and I think if, if we all agree that, it, that it's something that we all want to do so um, we will 
great. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah. And and, and I think I think right. it's I think it's really cool that um, that in your own musical career that that you've kind of been able to revive things with with Mark and the gang with the New Love Express and be able to uh, to do that because as you said, I mean the guy his musical talents are crazy good and and it and it's just cool that that two people from from two different ends of the spectrum could could mesh and get together with with the rest of the guys and and girls in new love express and and make something cool absolutely it, it's it's energizing it, it's we go in the studio we have a lot of fun we work hard and um again it this has just been such a great experience and mark knows how to do just just awesome things with mixes and again i think um the Soda City paper voted him as being like the um, music guru or, or guru technician. There, there was some award that he got because of just his studio work, what he does in the studio. On top of being a you know a terrific musician and playing so many different instruments and, and writing so many songs, but what he does, um, the magic he does in the studio is, is pretty exciting. Well, Chris, this is awesome, man. I, I'm so glad we finally got to do this. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about all this stuff, man. I mean, I know we've talked all the time at work about music, and obviously back in December when you guys had the Christmas EP come out, we, we did a story for the Free Press, but it's kind of cool to get more of a window into to everything you've, you've done in, in your own life with music, man. It's been awesome. Right, and uh, Christine just got back from Australia. She was in Australia. And uh, she's working for, you know, obviously an Australian company. Well, when she got together with all these bigwigs recently in Australia, they played our first Christmas album as all the people sat and listened. That's awesome. So again, um, and these people do have connections in music, and we're hoping that they'll take an interest in us. And um, who knows who might be listening next to the New Love Express. And people can find you on Facebook. It's just facebook.com forward slash New Love Express, right? But it's right. If they just go in to search and, or, you know, type in the New Love Express, boom, it takes you right to our page. You can find out what our, our, our dates are, you know, with the locations of where we're going to be performing. Like CCL, I'm sure it'll have the address on there and, and that sort of thing, the time. And uh, other things will be coming up. And they can also watch... We have, uh, if they type in on YouTube, the New Love Express, we have eight videos that they can watch, Turn Your Troubles, and we've got Christmas videos. I know that we'll be doing other, other filming, so we'll have other videos in time. So we're just, we're just progressing right along. And where, where can people find uh, your stuff, My Love is Real? Um, I am on CD Baby. I am on um, iTunes. I'm on most digital downloads. If they type My Love is Real, type my name in, you know, Chris Joseph, it should come up and they can, uh, on so many digital downloads, I'm on a lot of digital downloads. Cool, man. Well, thanks again, Chris. I really appreciate the time. I, I make sure I get all the uh, the links up for, for all the stuff that, that you have and for all the New Love Express stuff. And uh, yeah, man, it was fun. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. You're welcome, Chris. Anytime, man. Okay, thanks, Mike. Righty dighty, there you have it. That was Chris Joseph of the New Love Express, a friend, a coworker. It was awesome to finally catch up with you, Chris, and, and actually do this and knock this puppy out. It was uh, a lot of fun, and I'm glad more people are going to going to get to know about your stuff now, my friend. So make sure you guys go to Facebook and follow these guys. Facebook.com forward slash the New Love Express. Chris's solo work, My Love Is Real, from ninety one. You can check out on CD Baby and a bunch of other online retailers. And also, what else? What else? What else? What other links do I want to share? Uh, Google Mark Michael as well. M-I-K-E-L, I believe is how you spell his last name. I don't have it directly in front of me. But he has his own website where there's all of his like music history and stuff. And yes, M-I-K-E-L, that's how you spell his last name. Um, in, in everything that he's done over the years. And like I said, we're, we're going to do a podcast. It's definitely going to happen. 
and uh, talk about his his own individual music history. Because that was the thing with him and Chris. Like even though they're in this band together, both of these guys have such unique musical backgrounds that I just thought it would be cooler to kind of do sort of a two-parter with this podcast and kind of have like unofficially a two-parter. You know, have one with Chris and then have another one with Mark because each of them have, have just so many cool – so many cool stories. I mean, like I never knew all the times that I talked to Chris, never knew that he opened up for the temptations. I mean, that's, that's pretty insane, right? I mean, when you think about it and you think about all the people that you, you know, that are in bands and in, you know, music and the band that you guys hear on this podcast every week. And I know I bring them up a lot, but it's cause I love them and they're great friends and a great freaking band, Tropic Bombs. Make sure you go check those guys out, Tropic Bombs on Facebook. Um, but Ryan, Waiting, my good friend Ryan Waiting. We we've talked about that before too, you know, because back in December, and actually, ironically, they're going to be back in town tomorrow. He is legend, a really really good band from the Carolinas. Um, that's like that, not like it is his favorite band, and they played a show here in Toledo back in December, and I did a story about Snot, and he is legend. Um, Snot was actually a, a really really a band that kind of unfortunately at the time that they were really starting to 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 reach their their height and really start to become well known uh Lynn Strait rest in peace an amazing unique vocalist um died in a in a in a car wreck with his his dog Dobbs who was he was really close with um that was like his best friend and uh they they've since um, found another singer and they're doing like basically this huge, they've been touring the world. Um, go check them out. But, um, they came here for a show as part of their, one of their North American legs back in December. And he is legend open for them. And Tropic Bombs was on the bill. And Ryan was just like, dude, it's so cool. Like how many people get the opportunity to play on the same bill as their favorite band with your own band? You know what I mean? And that's why it was cool talking to Chris because I was really thinking about it. I'm like, man, of all the people that I've talked to, even even like musicians that are very well known, and I'm not name dropping, but I'm just saying for the sake of what we're talking about here, guys like Miles Kennedy, who I've talked to, and you know Mark Tremonti from Alterbridge, which is one of my all time favorite bands, you know, and and you go, man, I wonder if you know if they got to play a show like with their favorite band, if if that's happened, you know what I mean. Um, I know Mark Germani, one of his favorite bands is Celtic Frost. Um, I don't know that he's ever played a show with them, but, but it's really cool, you know? So, so to talk to Chris and find out that he got a chance to open up for the Temptations and Four Tops, it's like, whoa, to, to a sold out crowd in your hometown to open up for the freaking Temptations. That's pretty sweet, man. That's really cool. You know, and, and that's, that's a memory that you'll have the rest of your life when you get to do something like that. You know what I mean, and and I thought that that was really cool to hear that, and just just the uh, just I mean the the nerves alone for something like that. I mean, can you imagine like opening up for the Temptations and Four Tops? That's crazy, you know. But he he said the show went really well. It was a sold out crowd. I mean, that's a memory he'll have for the rest of his life. So so that's part of the reason why I wanted to have like a standalone episode with Chris. And then do one down the line, hopefully not too far down the line here with Mark, you know, and and talk about his experiences too. Because they come from two completely different musical backgrounds, and they both have synced up with the New Love Express. They have an album coming out here soon, Unlimited Soul, so keep an eye on that. If you follow the New Love Express on Facebook, I'm sure they will definitely be keeping you guys up to date with the progress of their their new record that's going to be coming out here pretty soon. So it's just it's just cool, man. It's just positive, and I think I think it, what's cool is there are so many people that we would say maybe are like ordinary, right? We would use that tag probably for most of the people that you know. You know what I mean? Unless you're palling around with like you know Matt Damon and you know I don't know Jennifer Love Hewitt or something, then then you'd say, oh well, they're not ordinary because they're like actors, and you know they're 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 not ordinary in the sense that you know they're famous or they're you know, doing what they're doing for a living while they're, you know, while we're doing sort of like regular jobs or whatever. But I guess my point is just that it's cool when I look back at at all the people that I've gotten to talk to over the years and and all the conversations I've gotten to have with people. I just feel really lucky and really blessed that I know a lot of like regular people who do pretty extraordinary things. You know, I would say that's pretty extraordinary to be 
somebody who grew up with a mom who was really talented and, and taught voice lessons and you know was was a prominent music figure locally and then you get the opportunity as you grow older with your own voice to open up for somebody like the temptations and four tops that's really cool you know and and if and if you if you met chris unless you knew chris personally you would never know that you know what i mean and i I, so i think that's what's cool and just a reminder like everybody you meet just give them a chance you know what i mean because you don't know who they are until you really get to know them and you talk to them a little bit so um so yeah I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense to me. Does it make sense to you? Just be good to people and and be open minded and and you know it, it's it's just cool, man. It's cool to know that we all all of us have that somewhere. You know what I mean? And if we don't have it somewhere, we have it in us, or it's it's possible. You know what I mean? To to have your moment in life and and some of those defining moments hopefully are to, are to come for a lot of us. You know, hopefully you don't you know. You don't. I hope I don't peak in my life until the end. You know what I mean. I hope that. I hope I don't peak till till my time is up here in this body. You know what I mean. So that's why I really I, I really enjoy doing this podcast and I really enjoy um, sharing these stories with you guys because there are a lot of everyday people that you know they might be bagging your groceries or checking you out at the cash register or mixing your paint for your home or you know going to get your pair of shoes at Foot Locker or whatever. And they, they're just somebody that day that is just part of your life for that specific task. And I know we can't always think transcendentally and we can't always think bigger picture because we we do get caught up in our own lives. But I guess that's what I'm sort of just asking is like – and even, even to myself as I say, that's just a reminder to always be present and understand that we all are united in some way under this, this big sky that we're in and uh, – you know, to give people a chance, even even when they're unkind, you know, to know that, to have the patience to know that, you know, you don't really know what happened that day or that week or that year, you know, and if somebody's giving you an attitude, yeah, it sucks. Of course, we'd rather not deal with people like that, whether it's during our work day or during, you know, being out and about and running into somebody that's not cool. I mean, of course, we would rather not have that happen, but understand that we're all part of this big thing. And the only way we're going to make it better is love and just being good to each other. So it's fitting that the band this week, part of their uh, part of this band you heard was Chris, the new Love Express. That 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 word is actually in their band name. So thanks again, Chris. Thank you again to all of you who are listening. Remember, go follow the new Love Express on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the new Love Express. Check out Chris's solo work, CD Babies, probably the easiest one to remember right off the bat. Chris Joseph is the name. The album name is My Love is Real. So go check that out on a host. If you just Google those two things, you'll find it, but it's definitely on CD Baby. If you go to cdbaby.com forward slash artist forward slash Christopher M. Joseph, you will find it. That's the exact link, and I'll put it up on the page as well. So, yeah, I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. When I get this up, it'll be close to Friday for most of you around the world so hopefully you guys have an awesome safe weekend and have a lot of fun and uh create some good memories and take care of each other man so keep the faith and be kind to one another now i'm going to give you a track courtesy of chris off the new love express's debut full-length album (laughs) and the one i'm going to give you is one that uh was was a little more of a personal touch from chris for this record So here is Let Freedom Ring featuring Chris Joseph from the New Love Express. Peace. There is a time when all the world seems sad. Deceit and sorrow are well known. If we could put away the hate
let freedom ring for one and all.